Welcome to the Mid-City Church Sermon Cast. We're so glad you're here. This is week two of our Wear Better Pants series, and today we'll be talking about what happens when spiritual disciplines stop working. I hope you find this message to be meaningful and you enjoy it. Get ready, because the Sermon Cast begins now. Over the summer, my wife and I took a vacation to Beaver Lake along with three of my seminary friends and their spouses. The trip itself was a lot of fun and provided some much-needed rest. But let me tell you something that happened on that trip that still haunts me to this day. About a week before we left, Susie and I went to Academy to find some cheap fishing shirts that I could wear at the lake. And I didn't want to spend too much money because we were about to leave, but I also wanted some new clothes for the trip, right? Everybody wants new clothes for a trip. Well, I found two shirts at Academy. One that was blue that I liked and it fit just right. And one that I loved that was orange that fit just a little too tight. So I decided to get both. They were cheap. They were on sale. And my plan was that I was going to eat healthy and I was going to work out the week leading up to the trip. And the shirt would definitely fit by the time we were on vacation. Okay, so fast forward about a week. We're on vacation. We're sitting on the porch. We're boiling some crawfish. There's this nice, cool breeze. The lake is like, you know, uh, 20 yards away from us. It's just perfect, right? And I have this brilliant idea to go grab my new shirt, the one that fit a little tight, the orange one, and to put it on. Well, I I made my way to our bedroom. I grabbed the shirt out of our suitcase. I put it on, and it fit a little tighter than I remembered. Truth be told, I didn't work out or eat healthy the whole week leading up to vacation. So uh, there I stood in the room with this big dilemma on my hands. Do I keep it on even though I'm uncomfortable or do I put my old t-shirt back on? I thought about it for a second and I decided to uh, suck my stomach in and, and I thought the shirt will close and it'll fit fine or good enough and I can go back outside and wear my new shirt. Well, as expected, my friends noticed my shirt, and they liked it, and they complimented, and I I felt good about myself, so I sat down, I picked up my drink, I ate some appetizers, and about 15 minutes later, I decided to go back and change my shirt. See, while sucking in my stomach um, worked for about 10, 15 minutes, uh, my my stomach actually started to hurt a little bit because uh, the shirt fit a little too tight, which meant I was squeezing all the muscles in my stomach and my core for a little too long. To make matters worse, I worried that after eating crawfish, which is one of the most sodium-filled dishes that we have here in Louisiana, I would definitely not fit in this shirt. So my ego uh, my ego was bruised. Uh, I was a little uh, embarrassed, and I walked back to my bedroom and took the shirt off, put my old t-shirt back on, and when I came back out, I looked at everybody and said, I just didn't want to get my new shirt dirty. You may not admit it publicly, but you know exactly what I'm talking about, right? You have probably done this too. Maybe it wasn't with a new shirt, but maybe it was with a pair of pants or a dress or even a suit. We have all wanted so badly to fit into a certain article of clothing at one point or another that we were willing to squeeze in our stomach, even if it hurt, in order to fit into it. I did some research this week, and I learned that uh, the act of squeezing in your stomach has an actually has a formal name. It's called stomach gripping. Now, experts say that it can have both physical and mental consequences if we uh, stomach grip too often. 
basically what happens is that when we're trying to squeeze into our stomach to look good in that shirt or a new dress or those pants that just don't fit right, we're engaging our, uh, our abdominal muscles, which theoretically would mean that if we do it all day, we have like really awesome abs, right? Unfortunately, the opposite happens. Stomach, stomach gripping or the act of squeezing in your stomach causes you to activate your core muscles which normally isn't a bad thing, but if you activate them too much or too often, your body begins to, to go through changes. For starters, the more you squeeze in your stomach, the more you activate your pelvic floor muscles. Now I had to do some research on this. Uh, the, your, your pelvic floor muscles um, are what controls uh, different things like um, your posture and urination and bowel movements and sex and even your breathing patterns. So a weakened pelvic floor muscles can affect all of that. It, it can also affect um, how we respond to different environments. So think about when you're cold. When you start to shiver, right, what normally happens is you tighten your core, and in doing that, between the shivering and tightening of your core, your body does everything it can to warm up. So if your uh, pelvic floor muscles are weak, then you can't really do that. Your body isn't very good at doing that, at staying warm in cold situations. I even read a report that says that stomach gripping can cause your body to not take in the full effects of workouts, such as weightlifting, walking, running, and even stuff like sit-ups and crunches. I've got to be honest with you, I had no idea that stomach gripping could affect all of these things. Did you? Now, if we really think about it, this, this whole concept makes a lot of sense. Picture a rubber band. The more you stretch out that rubber band, the more elastic it gets, right? It, the, the wider it stretches. At first, that's great because you can wrap a really tight rubber band around bigger items. But if you begin to stretch it too much or too often, it becomes loose and no longer has the same ability to contract as it once did. Now, if this happens, you have to use that rubber band on bigger and bigger items until eventually the rubber band snaps and it's no longer usable. Same thing with stomach gripping. At first, it might help us build better abs, but if we're constantly activating our muscles through stomach gripping, then the base level of what activates them will, will grow and grow and grow until eventually there's nothing that's actually doable that will help us engage those muscles. Now, here's what I find so interesting about all of this. Activating our core is good during certain activities like exercise because it helps us become stronger and healthier. But at other times, like when we're trying to look good in a new article of clothing that fits too tight, activating our core can actually be detrimental. You know, I think that our spiritual disciplines work the exact same way. A certain discipline can be really good for us in certain situations, but in others, maybe they're not so good for us. For instance, maybe getting up early to pray and read your Bible might be really good for you, but it's possible that life has changed. Maybe you have a lot of evening obligations now, or, or maybe you have kids now, whatever it may be, your life has changed, and by the end of the day, you're exhausted because you're getting up really early to practice your disciplines. You have a long day, and at the end, like I said, you're just exhausted. If that's the case, then the spiritual discipline of getting up early to read scripture and pray might not be the healthiest thing for you to practice. Maybe it's time to stop practicing this discipline altogether, or to find a new one, or to find a better time, or maybe even explore for different ways of practicing a discipline that isn't harmful to yourself. And this is true of all spiritual disciplines. 
Just because a spiritual discipline works for you today doesn't mean that it has to work for you tomorrow. See, I think we have this misunderstanding of how spiritual disciplines work. Practicing spiritual disciplines is not about picking one and expecting to use it the rest of your life the exact same way, hoping to get the exact same results every single day for the rest of your life. That's just ludicrous. Practicing spiritual disciplines is about looking at your current season of life and assessing what works and what doesn't work. Maybe for a season, getting up early to read scripture and pray is the spiritual discipline you need. But maybe you've started a new job, a new relationship, maybe you're reassessing your priorities. With changes like that in your life, you also need to reassess your spiritual disciplines and figure out what works and what doesn't. See, it's okay to practice one spiritual discipline for a season. And when the time comes and things change, to learn to practice a new one and let go of the old one. And if you don't believe me, this whole practice is actually a biblical practice. Let's dive into that. In chapter 12 of uh, the book of Genesis, God tells this guy named Abram to leave everything behind, his land, his family, even his father's household. And he tells him to go to a land that God will show him. So he's told that in doing so, God will make a great nation out of Abraham, and his name will be respected, and he will be a blessing to all people. Now, Abram listens. He packs everything up, and the Bible tells us that he left just as God told him with his wife Sarah and his nephew Lot. Now, at first, they go to Canaan, and things go well until there's a famine. After that, they go to Egypt. And in Egypt, after some sketchy things happen, that's a message for a whole other day. But after these sketchy things happen, we're told that things went well for Abram because he acquired flock and, uh, flocks and cattle and donkeys and servants and even camels. Like I said, eventually some sketchy stuff happens and they get kicked out of Egypt. But the good thing is that they get to keep all of their stuff, all their possessions, all their money, everything. Which means that uh, life is actually going pretty well for them. But I want you to listen to what happens next in the 13th chapter of Genesis. So Abram went up from Egypt, he and his wife, and all that he had, and lot with him into the Negev. Now Abram was very rich in livestock, in silver, and in gold. He journeyed on by stages from the Negev as far as uh, Bethel, to the place where his tent had been at the beginning, between Bethel and Ai, to the place where he had made an altar at the first. And there Abram called on the name of the Lord. Now Lot, who went with Abram, also had flocks and herds and tents, so that the land could not support both of them living together. For their possessions were so great that they could not live together. And there was strife between the herders of Abram's livestock and the herders of Lot's livestock. At the time, the Canaanites and the Parasites also lived in the land. Then Abram said to Lot, Let there be no strife between you and me, and between your herders and my herders, for we are kindred. Is not the whole land before you? Separate yourself from me. If you take the left hand, then I will go to the right. Or if you take the right hand, then I will go to the left. Lot looked about him and saw that the plain of the Jordan was well watered everywhere, like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt in the direction of Zoar. This was before the Lord had destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. So Lot chose for himself all the plain of the Jordan, and Lot journeyed eastward. Thus they separated from each other. Abram settled in the land of Canaan, while Lot settled among the cities of the plain and moved his tent as far as Sodom. And the story goes on and on from there. Here's 
so, so, so let's talk about what's happening in this story. Abram and Lot traveled together to Canaan and to Egypt, and throughout those experiences, life treated them well, and their wealth grew exponentially every single time, through every single season. Doing life together worked for them. But eventually, there came a time when journeying together, when doing life together, no longer made sense anymore. It, it no longer worked. And in all truth, being together was more damaging to them than it was helpful. What I find even more fascinating is that there were no hurt feelings, no accusations, no blaming for why things didn't work. They just acknowledged that, the, that being together no longer worked. You know, the same is true for us and our relationship to spiritual disciplines. Sometimes, as great as a spiritual discipline has been for us, life changes and it no longer works for us. And that's okay. I am no less of a Christian because the spiritual discipline has stopped working for me. And the flip side of that is true as well. The discipline is no less effective just because it no longer works uh, uh, to point our attention back to God. All it means is that life has simply changed and it's time to find a new discipline or disciplines. For me, I used to wake up really early every day for coffee, for Bible study, and for prayer. And it was great for a season. For many years, it worked out really great for me. But lately, my spiritual, my spiritual disciplines have been to wake up slowly, to find time to sit and to read a book, to find ways to extend grace to myself when I feel like I'm not good enough. My disciplines have changed for this season, and there will come a day when they change yet again. And that's completely okay and even healthy. Friends, what spiritual disciplines are you practicing right now? Are they working? If the answer is no, could it be that it's time to search for new ones, for new disciplines? If that's the case, then go with my blessing and try new spiritual disciplines. Find something that works for you, an activity, a hobby, even a practice. As long as it points your attention back to God, find something that works for you for this season. The possibilities are endless, and I know will be life-giving. Amen. I hope this message was helpful for you today. If you'd like to dive deeper, I invite you to check out our home sheet. You can visit our website, midcity.church sermoncast, and click on this current sermon series, Wear Better Pants, and that will give you a link to our home sheet, which includes our scripture today, some questions to think about, and a challenge for your week ahead. While you're on our website, if you'd like to support our ministry here at Mid-City Church, you can click the Give button in the top right corner, or you can visit midcity.church give. If you're new to the SermonCast and would like to learn more about Mid-City Church, you can text the word HERE, H-E-R-E, to the phone number 225-307-0662 and fill out a Connect card. So glad you joined us today. Have a great week, and I'll see you next time.